did God create the heavens and earth? Um, or was it evolution? How, how did we really come to be? Where did we come from? Like, where did the universe come from? It brought me to a point where I had to dig deeper past the surface of God created the heavens and earth. I think sometimes I struggle believing that God's grace covers everyone and every situation and every single sin. There's just not an answer for everything. I believe in the healing God, but my situation speaks contrary to that. The pain was overwhelming. I didn't really know if he was there. Why won't he heal me? Why won't he hear me? There are just so many things in the world that unexplained you would wonder how a loving, forgiving God would even allow to happen. I don't understand how someone can just give up and give in and, again, blindly trust and uh, blindly have faith in something. One thing I really struggled with and wrestled in the Bible was the fact that the devil exists. If God is good, why did he let my cousin die? You know, why did he let my parents uh, split apart? Amen. Amen. What's up, Rock Church? Say Jesus! What's happening? How's everybody doing today? Amen. Amen. You glad to be in church? My name is Miles. I'm the pastor of the Rock. I want to welcome everybody. How many people here for the first time? Raise your hand. If you're here for the first time, let's give all those people a big hand. God bless y'all. God bless y'all. God bless you. We want to say hello to all our campuses, East County, North County, San Ysidro, City Heights, and all the people online and all our microsites. Let's give all those people out there a big hand. Military people out there, God bless y'all. Let's all stand up while we pray. Let's all stand up while we pray. Let's lift our hands up. This is what this means is I surrender. Just imagine uh, the police saying, put your hands up. <laughs> you don't put your hands up just because they say it. You're putting your hands up because you're sur- they're, they're surrendering, all right? So we're surrendering to God. So when you people, see people in church doing this, surrendering to God. That's all it means. Amen? Lord, we surrender to you. We thank you for being good to us. We thank you that you love us. We thank you you've got a great plan for our life. And, Lord, I pray for this series as uh, all of us have doubts all the time about where you are, why you're doing what you're doing, why you're not doing what you're doing on, in our timing, in our way. I pray you help us wrestle with that. In Jesus' name, amen. Get the person next to you. Wait, 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 wait. Get the person next to you a high five. Real easy. Boom. <laughs> Speaking to people about God, I've heard, listened to and heard tons of questions about people doubting God. Why did God, like you saw in the video, why did God let my parents die? Why did God, let, why did God make the devil? Why is there so much evil in the world? Doesn't science contradict the Bible? Why are there so many religions? How could one be wrong? And we can go on and on and on about those questions. And there are thousands of questions because the devil is the master of bringing doubt into your mind, not only about what God said, but did he re- is there really a God in the first place? 
And how can we prove that even the Bible is the God's word? And so over the next month and a half, we're going to deal with those questions. We're going to have a whole message about the Bible. We're going to have a whole me- about what the Bible is and what the Bible isn't and how you should view the Bible. We're going to have a whole message about God and science, God and pain. Um, and the reason we want to do this is because we want to make the Bible a safe place for you to wrestle with your doubt, a place that you can go and understand how to think about your doubt. It's not a sin to have doubt. You want to bring your doubt to God. And so we want to make it a safe place, the Bible a safe place. I'm not going to answer every single question every single one of you have because there's a thousands of questions here. However, I, my goal is to create a framework for you to take your doubt to and wrestle with your doubt biblically. Does that make sense? All of y'all are going to have a very different slant on your situation. And so my goal in this series is that you would take your situation and I would give you a a biblical framework for you to take your question, your doubt to, and think about it intelligently. It's very important when we think about God, God, things about God is that we don't check our brain at the door. I'm a thinker. I like science and math. I like calculating. I like stuff that's exact. I like abstract things as well. God didn't say put all that in the trash and just trust me. He wants us to trust him based on fact. Faith is based on the Word of God, okay? And so the Word of God is fact. We have information upon which to place our faith. And it's very important for us to understand how to do that because you're always going to have doubt on yourself or questions that you have, and you are always going to run into people. Our culture in the United States is attacking God and telling you don't believe in God. You need to know why you should believe in God and not just say, well, I just do. There are reasons for it. Okay, I want to read a verse to you that kind of is the foundation of it. First, First Peter 3.15. Sanctify the Lord God in your hearts and always be ready to give in defense to everyone who asks you for reason for the hope that is in you with meekness and fear. Having a good conscience that when they defame you as evildoers, those who revile your good conduct in Christ may be ashamed. In other words, when people say, well, how can you believe in that? And how could you believe in a God that? How can you believe in a God that? You could say, here's why. And they go, oh, snap. Instead of you going, well, I just believe. That's not a good enough answer. You want to give it a good answer. Okay, so today what we're going to do is we're going to uh, kick off uh, by having uh, Noel G here. Noel G is not an expert on doubt. We're, we're going to hear his story. But one of the reasons we bring people here to interview is for you to hear stories of people's lives, especially people that you may know from TV, movies, or sports, whatever, and not only to see that they're regular people like you, but God is working in their life. And there's one thing that you're going to hear throughout this whole series, and this is maybe the most important perspective you can have on your life, is that your life is a story. You're going to hear this every single week through this series. That your life is a story. It had a beginning and a whole bunch of stuff happens in the middle and then it's going to have an end. You right now are in the middle. You do not know the end. You do not know what's going to happen tomorrow. And often the devil is always trying to get you to blame God for what's happening today without showing you the bigger picture. And so we always want to always, 100%, always keep in mind the big picture. We all go through painful times. My family watched our father die uh, between the years in August. We watched him take his last breath. That was a snapshot in our life. It was the end 
of his life. And even though it was a sad day, it happened to be a great day for him. Because he went from being in pain to being in heaven. And so we always want to keep the big picture in mind. And what you're going to hear today is you're going to hear a story about a guy who went through ups and downs. And, you know, you've seen him in movies and all that kind of stuff. But you're going to hear that at there was a point in his life when he realized, I need to give my life to Jesus Christ. Because the way my life is going, it's not working out for me. And at the end of this message, you're going to have an opportunity to give your life to Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen. So what we're going to see here is a quick uh, intro video of Noel G. He's been in Fast and the Furious, uh, 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 God Almighty. He was a guy who had the monkey come out of his pants. Uh, he, he was in uh, Training Day and a bunch of other movies and TV shows. So you're going to see a quick video. And then after the video plays, I want us to stand up and give a standing ovation of Noel G. after the video plays. You want me and the homies to apologize, right? Hector. Yeah. What's up, man? You know what I was kind of thinking? Just a little bit to myself. Hmm? I was thinking maybe I go next. Let's give a long welcome to Noel G. How you doing, man? Yeah, yeah. Your people's, your people's here. What up, my peeps? How you guys all doing? You guys good? That's what's up. So uh, my wife and I met with him, his wife and I went to dinner a few weeks ago in this uh, little fufu restaurant at the hotel we were staying. And this brother, my wife always tells me I'm loud. He's loud. So in the restaurant, he's like, yeah, man, I was doing this, I was doing this. And we're like, yo, man, you got to talk so loud. <laughs> so if he's loud, this, that's good. I was louder. That's what happened. <laughs> You're right louder now. than me. Yes, uh, sir. Before we get into your story, tell us about some of the movie stuff because some people might be like, I don't know if I remember. All uh, right, right, right. Um, I was on a couple things. You guys might have seen uh, Lock Up, America's Most Wanted, Cops. <laughs> um, no, I'm flat. <laughs> we saw the back so, of your head. Yeah, <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah. I was. Some of you were stuck. Like, <laughs> but uh, no, I'm playing. I was. Um, I'm on Fresh Off the Boat. Got a reoccurring part on that. I don't know if you guys checked that out. I play the chef, and uh, you know, Mexican playing a chef. Right? Who would have thought? <laughs> and um, I was on Walking Dead, the first season of Walking Dead in the Vatos episode when uh, we were the gangsters taking care of the old people in the convalescent home. Um, I was on, uh, you know, X-Files, CSI Miami, some of the movies, uh, SWAT, uh, Training Day, the movie. They actually turned Training Day, the movie, into a pilot. So we're now making Training Day a television show, and I'm the only character that they brought back from the movie in the show. So that's cool. I'm filming that. Um, so that that's tight, you know what I mean? The check cleared is good. And uh, and then um, got some new stuff coming out. Just filmed a movie with uh, Rampage, another one with Eva Longoria and some of the Sons of Anarchy cast. And just a lot of things coming out, you know. And, you know, might see me in the news in a highway speed chase. And, uh, no. So when we, I've always wanted to act, right? And when we met, we, we, we did this little practice in acting. We don't have to do, we don't have to do one today. However, um, what is the key about acting? 
What's the key? I'm going to put Miles in my next movie, man. I'm going to put him. I'm going to slap him up in there, man. That's what's up. Um, the key of acting is don't get caught acting. And so one thing I learned that was real important is, like, if we were rehearsing a scene, for example, and someone was able to walk by you and say, oh, excuse me, excuse me, I didn't see you guys were rehearsing, and keep on walking, then it was caught acting. You get what I'm saying? So, you know, acting is just supposed to be, you know, not, not getting caught acting, you know? So that's the one thing is, you know, become the character and, you know, be in the moment and so forth. So if we were rehearsing and someone just thought it was normal conversation from far away and they just walked by us because they don't know we're rehearsing, but we are, then that's a good thing in acting to... So if we were acting you know, like an argument, they would really think we were arguing. Exactly, yeah, yeah. So, you know, just the number one rule, what they say in Hollywood, you know, is just never get caught acting. Gotcha. And that's kind of like, you know, that, that's a good actor, I guess you could say. So I wanted to go through your story. Everybody is going through story. I was telling them before you came out, we're all in story. And when I get to interview people, I get to um, illustrate, hear illustration. The people share their story, but me take out the nuggets from the story about the story we're in. And in our life, we always come up with situations where we doubt God. Right. Why are you doing this? Why are you doing that? So I, I, we want to hear your story about, you know, when you got saved, how you grew up, and, and I'm going to jump in and say stuff. And, and at the end, gotcha. we want to give people a chance to accept Christ. Right, right, right. I got cut out the fat, get to the meat and potatoes. There we All go. Right. Um, what's up? My story is a little different. Uh, growing up, you know, um, it was crazy because my parents were the only two to move to California to start a living. So I never in my life met my mom's side of the family or my dad's side of the family. Literally, I got no cousins, nieces, nephew, uncle, aunt, grandma, grandma. I got, I'm the only Mexican with no family. So <laughs> you guys got something you want to give away, I take it. You know what I mean? And, uh, Are you trying to say Mexicans have big families? Huh? Yeah, pretty much, man. <laughs> Okay, okay. You know how to act, though. We put 20 people in a two-seater. We work it out. So... <laughs> Probably all the Mexicans here came in the same ride, huh? Just one bus just pulled up and That's cool, man. That's cool. That's cool. That's cool. You're talking about but, my peoples, man. You're talking about my peoples. <laughs> they my peoples, too. Though, I love man. my people. Yeah, come on, man. Light-skinned brother, you know? But, uh, no, so uh, up to the age of 13, you know, everything was straight, you know? Lived in a middle-class home. Um, had, you know, clothes in my closet, food on the table. And uh, my dad, at uh, 13, he had a millionaire best friend. When you were 13? Beach, when I was 13. Okay. Yeah. And um, he had a millionaire best friend that he met at his work, at his company, out of Newport Beach. And this guy, because my dad's hobby on the side was he was a scuba diver. He was a fisherman. And um, this guy told him one day, you could go sailing around the world with me on my boat, but if you come with me, you can't bring your kid with you. And kid you not, as God is my witness, no lie, no uh, fairy tale story, my dad came home to a 13-year-old kid gave me $500, and he pretty much said, good luck. And within a two-week time frame, I went from a middle-class home to nothing but the clothes on my back, $500 in my pocket, in the streets with no family to call. And that's where my journey kind of started. Okay, let's stop right there. Now, uh, some of y'all, if you knew him at that time, and you may have been thinking now, why would God do that to him? God did not do that to him. His dad did that to him. And so a lot of times we, a lot of times stuff happens, we always want to blame God. And God's like, I had nothing to do with that. You ever hear about the devil? You ever hear about being selfish and prideful and, and arrogant? And, and so, but here's the, here's the thing. Remember in story, when he was 13 at that moment, that was a horrible thing. That God said, you know what, even though your dad did that to you and that's not what I wanted a dad to do, I got you. You may be in that situation right now where something has happened to you. You're thinking, man, God, why would you do this to me? And God didn't do it to you. He's not doing it to you. 
someone else did it to you, or you created your own drama. But God got you. In other words, he's there to get you, scoop you up when you're ready. So let's continue the story. Yeah, so um, it was kind of crazy. So at 13, you know, I just started kind of, I was going to a continuation school at the time, and that's where I met the thugs. And, uh, you know, I started just wiling out. I was in the streets. Um, you know, I slept in laundromats, slept in donut stores. There were times I didn't have a place to sleep. Uh, did the couch tour, went from friend's house to friend's house to friend's house. But, you know, you got to keep it 100. When you're not paying the bills at someone's house, your welcome is going to run out eventually. And so I did all that for two years. And um, when I was 15, I met this girl. Always starts with a girl, right? And uh, this girl comes up to me one day and she said, how come you always wear the same clothes and i never seen where you live? And I broke down. I started crying, told her my story straight up. Says pretty much what you see is what you get. This is what happened. And her dad was a pastor for a church at the time. So he talked to me on the porch, and I shared my story with him. And he said, uh, well, you can live in this house, but if you live here, you're going to hear the word of God. And I said, homie, I hear the word of anything. I just want a place. <laughs> and uh, homeboy could have been Muslim. I would have said, let's roll. <laughs> and uh, so I started living with his family. I was going to Bible study. I started going to church. That's a man family. of a whole lot of faith. Oh, yeah. yeah. He, he had he, a grip you were, talk, you were talking to his daughter, and he let you live in the house. Being yeah. a homeless dude, looking like that. And, yeah. <laughs> well, I was a clean homeless person, though. Yeah, right. Like, I, was, you know, I, was, I was as fresh as could be, though. You were living in clean alleys. Yeah. So I get you. I, get you. <laughs> I was as fresh as could be. I used to take showers at the beach. That's where I used to shower. In the ocean. Those were my little tricks. Yeah. Okay, got I used you. To, yeah, I did, I did wild stuff. So he, you, you go in the house and he shares the word of God with you? Yeah, so I'm in the pad. I'm, you know, living with them. And, um, you know, the way the acting kicked off was the girl that I was living with, it was her dream to be an actress, model, and the whole Hollywood deal. I never thought about it at the time. I was, you know, acting a fool in the streets. And one day she asked me to go to an acting class with her. And so I go to this acting class with her, literally right place, right time. Never thought about acting a day in my life. There was, uh, and how many people know you got to be either Mexican to win the lottery or 80 years old, close to death, right? And so there was a producer sitting in class, thought I was funny, and he said, um, you know, I want to put you in a Taco Bell commercial. And I said, oh, because I'm Mexican. <laughs> oh, what's up, homie? And then, you know, so, and I, and I thought it was fake at first, you know what I mean? You feel me? I was like, I gave him my number on some whatever stuff, but it ended up really being real. And two weeks later, I did a, a, a commercial for Taco Bell. What'd you do? 15, you know, I played some like, like dumb little surfer kid, you know, I had, I, yeah, so it was, I know it's kind of out there, you know, um, I didn't shave my head till later, but, uh, cause I was always afraid, like if I shave my head, is I going to grow back? And then once I shaved my head, I never grew hair again after that. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so, you know, I pretty much went from, uh, nothing to bling bling overnight and, uh, you know, just to keep it 100 and. You know, not hide anything. Once the money came in, I saw the short skirts and the partying, and I said, thanks, God, for giving me what I need. I don't need you no more. And uh, I turned my back on God, and my whole life was like a party for like 20, 25 years. When you turn your back on God, well, back up. When you had God and you gave your life to the Lord in the pastor's house, God started blessing you. You turned your back on God. How was that period of time? Um, you know, it was crazy. You know, I was out there just, you know, doing thug stuff, I guess you could say. And, uh, I was that dude, you know, with like the weed and I was like, yeah, take a hit, man. But you know, Jesus loves you, right? And, uh, I was that dude talking about the rapture and all that stuff. And, um, you know, I was just, I was just acting crazy, you know? Um, 
Yeah, I was just acting crazy. And, and because there's people here who they will accept God, go to church, not go to church, pray, not pray, read the Bible, not read the Bible, and stuff happens in their life. And as soon as something happens that they don't like, they start blaming God. Yeah, there's a, there's a tug of war there, you know. Sometimes, um, and I'm not saying with everybody, I'm just talking in a general term. Uh, sometimes people will read the Bible and they'll choose what they like and don't like. And the Bible says clearly you can't serve two masters. And so I think sometimes when we don't fully commit and just fully jump in, and that's why when we make that commitment to give our life to the Lord, it's you gave your life to the Lord. And, of course, we're always going to mess up. We're going to, you know, I get it. You know, we all make mistakes. Sometimes we have some regrets. But it's learning from that mistake that should strengthen you in your walk with God. And, uh, you know, champions didn't become champions without breaking some bones, making mistakes. And, but they stayed in the game. And so that's how it is with God. You know, you just can never give up. If you uh, make a mistake or whatever, we're people, we're human, we're going to do that, but just never stop pushing forward. And, and there's some of you here today, you may be in this tug of war with God where you're fighting him, obeying him, fighting him, obeying him, and you're kind of hedging your bet just in case he doesn't do what you want. But that's not the kind of relationship he wants with you. It's not like you're equal partner or you know as much as him and you want to pick and choose whether he's right sometimes and you're going to be right sometimes. You have to at some point say... God, I trust you as God. That's why his name is God. Not like Leroy or, you know, or Noel. It's God. (laughs) God means something. He is the uncreated creator. He is the morality maker. He is the, he sets the standard. And so at some point you have to say, God, you are God. And I'm not going to start to cast judgment on you based on what little I know. You know nothing about tomorrow. Yet you can judge God based on only what you know today. And at some point you have to say, God, I'm just gonna, I need to trust you because my life is a story. It's in process. It's not over. I'm still, I'm still working it out and I need to surrender to my life to you. I need to surrender my burden to you. And I want to come to you with my, with my pain and my anger. Bring it to him. God can handle it. He, he says, cast all your cares on him. Tell him, I don't like this. I don't like this. And he's going, he's going to hold you and say, I got you. I got you. Okay, so now you're, you're out there, and now it's time for you to get saved. Yeah, so what ends up happening is um, I get this call for a Clint Eastwood movie. I didn't get the part. I'm still looking for Clint. And uh, I was on Warner Brothers Studio, and um, I meet this, you know, I, I say, you know, in a friendly way, I just say, I meet this crazy white boy, right? And uh, he comes running up to me, and he goes, hey, you're the one in all the movies, right? And he starts naming off some of my movies, and I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And we start talking for three hours. We're just chopping it up on Warner Brothers Studio, and we're talking about not one thing about God. We're talking about Lakers and cars and, you know, movies and sets and et cetera, et cetera. And at the end of the three-hour talk, he goes, um, hey, man, you want to ride back to your car? Because he had the golf cart deal. And I was like, yeah, because Warner Brothers is a big lot. My car was on the other side. And I said, yeah, take me back to my ride. And when he takes me back to my car, uh, he did this to me out of nowhere. We pull up to my car, and he goes, all right, brother, it was nice to meet you. He goes, Father God, I want to pray for this brother right now in Jesus' name. <laughs> <laughs> okay, can you uh, grab the person's hand next to you real quick? Grab the person's hand next to you real quick. Say, say, Father God, I want to pray for this brother, sister right now. <laughs> Amen. Okay, good. <laughs> and that, that's exactly how it went down, man. It was a trip. And, and it was funny, too, because when he was praying for me, I'm in the parking lot. I'm like, hold up, homie. Is anybody around? I got a reputation, man. I was like, coast was clear. I said, I guess we praying. And uh, 
So he prayed for me, you know, and um, I broke down. I started crying because that literally came out of left field, came out of nowhere. And uh, what tripped me out about this brother was I got money. I got a nice house. I got cars. I was cool. I was straight. I was set. But this brother had nothing. This brother had a beat-up truck, wore the same raggedy clothes. Um, Every time I went to his house, his house was the size of my bathroom. He got nothing, but he was always so happy. And one day I pulled him aside straight up, straight out, and I said, hey, brother, let me holler at you right quick. I said, check this out, homie. I go, you got a beat-up truck. You wear the same clothes all the time. You're struggling to pay your bills. Your house is the size of my bathroom. I go, you got nothing, man, and you're always so happy. And he looked me straight up in the face, and he goes, no, you're wrong, brother. He goes, I got everything I need, and that's Jesus in my heart. That's what he told me. I don't know if you realize you just did this, but you're like, this homie said this. I'm straight feeling real. And, and, and then when you imitated him, you said, he said, you're wrong, brother. Uh, <laughs> did you hear that? The white side came out, man. <laughs> he pronounced uh, his, his words. He pronounced his yeah, words, brother. Yeah. He spoke very intelligently. <laughs> I know how to smoke. Hey, you know how to smoke? Yeah, <laughs> I see that you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, I went to college once. I had to drop somebody off. <laughs> uh, two things I would say about that. Number one, uh, I, for all of y'all who know God, there's going to become a time where God's going to tell you when God decides, go talk to that person. And you're going to create all these excuses why he's wrong. You never, never know how God is going. God, God confounds the foolish with his methods. And so here's this little kid is going to jam him up and just speak the word of God. And the Holy Spirit, which is bigger than him, was just boom. And, and, and again, I go back to his story. Here he is doing his thing. And God says, no, no, no. That's, it's never going to work your way. You have to eventually give your life to me. So let's get to that point where you finally gave your life to Christ. So fast uh, forward, what happened was uh, when he prayed for me, I saw something different in this guy. And he truly was a light in the dark, I could say. And, uh, you know, just to keep it again, 100 for like one year straight, it was funny. Like I'm trying to get him to go to the club. He trying to get me to go to church. And uh, I see something different in him. And one day I told him, I said, I want to do a business deal with you. I said, because I, you know, just something about him that was righteous, uh, more so than, you know, talkers instead of doers, right? in the street. And uh, he said, that's cool, man. But he said, before we do this business deal, he goes, let's go to this Christian seminar. And I was like, all right, whatever. So I go to this Christian seminar. And just to give you guys an idea how crazy it was, it's a two-day seminar. It still goes on to this day. It's a vertical leap. Um, and it's in Ontario. And the seminar started on Saturday from 8 a.m. to 10 o'clock at night. It's like a Christian boot camp, homie. And uh, I went up in there. And then on Sunday, it's from 2 o'clock in the afternoon to 10 o'clock at night. And so uh, I went Saturday, did all day, done, in the bag, over with. I get there on Sunday, but the thing was I brought my girl with me. Uh, she wasn't my wife then. She's my wife now, but she was my girlfriend then. And she lives in Sacramento, six hours away, right? So on Sunday, when we strolling up there, she goes, um, 
check this out. I got to leave at four o'clock because I got to be at work and uh, I'm, I'm six hours away. And she had work on Monday. And I said, I ah, don't even trip. I said, we'll go there for, you know, two hours. Let's just pay our respects, whatever, whatever. We'll just hang out. But at four o'clock, we'll leave. Don't even trip, babe. I got you. So I'm getting into the evangelist and he's talking about God, right? So he's like, God, this, God, that. And I'm just listening. I'm getting into it now. Four o'clock hits. My girl's like, we got to go. And I was like, all right, hold up, hold up, though, because I'm like, I'm right here, right? And she's like, so 410, 415, 420, 425, and I'm still like just, and, and finally I raised my hand, right? And so can I show how it went down? Yeah. And so this is how it went down, right? So I interrupted the seminar, and the picture went like this. I got up, and I'm raising my hand because he wasn't calling on me, and it went down just like this. I said, hey, hey, excuse me, man. I, I know I'm not supposed to interrupt the seminar. I apologize to everybody here, but here's what's up. I said, you're talking about God, right? Well, you're saying God's in you, that God's inside of your heart that God's in your mind, that God is in you. Well, here's my situation. I feel like God's tapping me on the shoulder. He's saying, I'm ready when you're ready. But I don't feel God in me the way you're talking about God inside of you. And I go, you got to tell me how I feel God inside of me because me and my girl, we got to go. <laughs> and I looked at my babe and I said, that's how we do it in L.A. So, and, uh, can it, can it, can everybody say, we got to go? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right? That's the hurry up note. And basically, because we got to go, I'm going to do an altar call right now. Yeah, okay? Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, all right, go ahead. <laughs> um, and I'll never forget what this man told me. He said, uh, in order for you to receive Jesus Christ into your heart, he goes, you're going to have to sacrifice, and it will cost you something. And I took my seat right back down. I told my girl, I said, you try to go after that, you know, yellow cab outside. <laughs> and uh, we stayed till 10 o'clock. 10 o'clock hits. I didn't want to, you know, sign no pictures, do no autographs. I didn't want to do the Mexican goodbye that last 45 minutes. We did like the Roadrunner, grabbed our stuff, and we hit the parking lot. And there were two ninja Christians in the parking lot waiting for us. <laughs> they, were like, they were like Navy SEAL Christians, man, jumped off the roof. And the brother stops me in the parking lot, and he said, I know you're in a hurry. I know your girl got to get home. She got a six-hour drive. I know all this. You guys have been talking about you have to leave all day long. But he goes, man, before you leave, he goes, can we pray with you? I said, hurry up. <laughs> and, and he walks back inside the building. I said, wait, I'm used to parking lot prayers. I had one on Warner Brothers. <laughs> and um, long story short, man, to wrap it up, he prays for me. And um, I'll never forget, man, I wasn't even thinking it. It was the last thing on my mind. It, it, it wasn't even there. When you plant good seed, it will grow. It may not grow then and there, but eventually it's going to grow. Long story short, he was praying for me. And you know what came into my mind out of nowhere? I wasn't even thinking it. It was the pastor who ministered to me when I was 15 years old. Came into my mind out of nowhere. And I haven't thought about him in a long time when I was uh, wiling out. And uh, long story short, man, I broke down. I cried again. God made me an emotional brother, man. And uh, I turned my life over to the Lord in uh, November of 2008, and I've been serving ever since. His life is a journey, just like all of our lives. And it went up and down, up and down, up and down. And, and in that process, you can say all you want about God. Why do you do that? Why do you do that? But the fact of the matter is we don't know everything. But one thing we do know is that God is faithful. 
God loves you. God wants to forgive you. God wants to have a relationship with you. And God wants to help you understand what you don't understand. And sometimes he's never going to tell you the answer you're looking for. He's just going to tell you beyond a shadow of a doubt, I got you. You can't handle the truth in that situation. Well, God, how come I can't date that girl? You can't handle the answer to that question. So he'll just tell you, forget it. Why? He may just tell you, because you, you don't want to hear the fact that you're not smart enough for her or he's got a better woman for you or whatever. He just says, I want you to trust me. Sometimes God just says, trust me, but you know he's telling you that. And he assures you in your heart that he is trustworthy because he always is. And so even if he told you the answer, it wouldn't be good enough. You come up with another one. And sometimes he says, I just want you to trust me on this. But he'll tell that to you. It's not a blind faith thing. You're trusting in the voice of God, the faithfulness, the faithful record of God. When, I, when, when someone says something about me or something about my wife, I don't have to have God explain that to me. He says, we've been through this before, right? Yeah. Okay, don't, don't worry about it. I got you. He doesn't have to explain everything because I know him. And so right now, there may be some of you out there in some of our campuses where you've been fighting with God, fighting with God, and you're ready to say, Lord, I want you in me. I want you to forgive me of my sin. The Bible says all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. The Bible says the penalty of sin is death, separation from God, death of a relationship, death of vision for your life. But the Bible says that while we were sinners, Jesus died for our sin. He, he paid the price for our sin and he rose from the dead. If you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart God raised him from the dead, you'll be saved. In a minute we're going to pray and some of you out there who have never asked Christ to be your Savior, we want to give all of you an opportunity to say, Lord, I surrender my life to you. I have questions, but I trust you. I have questions. When I married my wife, I didn't know everything about her. I didn't agree with everything about her. I didn't have to. I just had plenty of information to know I wanted to be with her for the rest of my life. So if you need, every, if you need an answer for every question, you'll never do anything. You won't even trust yourself because you don't even like everything about yourself. Can I get amen? Amen. amen. How many of y'all get up every single day and go, dang, the reason... <laughs> Every single day, the reason you comb your hair and brush your teeth, because you don't like something about yourself. Every single day. But you love yourself. So in a minute, we're going to pray, and you're going to have an opportunity to say, Jesus, please forgive me of my sin. Please come live in my heart and be my Savior. And then we want to celebrate and honor that with you. So on all our campuses, I'm going to ask you to bow your heads and close your eyes. And just listen very carefully. Lord, thank you for stories. Thank you that you have us all on a journey. And thank you that if our life is in your hands, the end of the story ends well in heaven. But if we die your enemy, the, life, the story ends bad. Separation from God. If you realize you are a sinner, you realize the penalty of your sin is death and that Jesus died and rose from the dead for your sin. 
and you would like to ask him to forgive you of your sin, I want you to pray this prayer with me in the privacy of your heart. Pray, dear God, I trust you. I trust you love me, that you died on the cross for my sin, and you rose from the dead. Jesus, please forgive me of my sin. Come live in my heart. Be my Savior and my Lord and my God. Thank you, God. In all of our campuses, if you prayed that prayer in a minute, I'm going to ask you to stand up. And by standing, you are acknowledging that you're giving your life to Jesus. You are acknowledging that you are trusting him. Even though you don't know everything, you trust him. So if you prayed that prayer in a minute, I'm going to ask you to stand. And in all our campuses, there's going to be somebody there to pray with you. So when I count to three, if you prayed that prayer, I'm just going to ask you to stand. Get your legs ready, your abs ready. Sit back in your seat and get ready to straighten your legs that your body will rise. On the count of three, if you prayed that prayer, stand to your feet. One, two, three. Stand to your feet. God bless you. 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 Stay standing. Stay standing. Stay standing. Amen. So here's what we're going to do. In a minute, we're going to ask all of y'all who are standing, in a minute, we're going to ask you to come down to the altar. If you're in the balcony, all you got to do is turn around and walk up and the ushers will come down. You can bring your family with you. But the rest of us, we want to celebrate them and honor them and encourage them. So as you come out of your seat, let's give them a hand. They come on down. Amen. God bless you, brother. Stay right there. God bless you. How are you? God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. I love your haircut. <laughs> God bless you. God bless you. Welcome. You're welcome. God bless you. 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 Amen. Come on down. Come on down. Amen, amen. Say Jesus. God bless you. 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 Welcome. You're welcome. Amen. Amen. Okay, good, good, good. We can shake hands. We can shake uh, A couple things. One, God wants a relationship with you. That's it. We want to help you in that relationship. Everyone say relationship. That's all it is. It's a relationship. Just like you have with your friends, your family. God created you to have a relationship with him. We practice with people. But the ultimate relationship was with God. We want to help you with that. So in a minute, we're going to pray and lead you to the room in the back. Uh, For the rest of y'all, two things. One, next week we're going to continue this series and talk about 
um, do a teaching on it for the rest of the series. We want to talk about science. We want to talk about pain. We want to talk about religions. We're talking about the reliability of the Bible. One topic a week. Bring your friends. Amen. 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 God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you again. God bless you. I, I want you to pay pay attention to our social media and all the posts. We're going to post the topics we're going to be talking about. Please share that with your friends. Go out and find people who do not believe. Go out and find people who do not believe. And challenge them to come. Don't go in and get people from other churches. I mean, you can if you want, but that's not the goal. Go find people who don't go to church and say, I don't believe in that, I don't believe in that, I don't believe in that. And bring them to church. Because we want to talk about it. Amen? And, and, and pray to how the Spirit of God touches them. Lastly, you're going to see a Noel. You're going to see people who God is going to ask you to go talk to. Take a deep breath and go talk to them. Shake their hand. Even if all you do is say, uh, how are you? Dear Father God, I pray for this person right now. <laughs> Father God, I pray for myself right now. <laughs> Be bold. You never know what God's going to do. You never know what God's going to do. So here's what we're going to do. I'm going to pray for them. Then we're going to cheer them into that room. It's not time to leave yet. After they get in that room, Pastor Greg is going to come out and pray for us. Amen? Lord, we pray for these people. We pray that you touch them. We pray they trust you. And Lord, I pray we all trust you. As we wrestle with things we don't understand, that we would understand that we, you are God and you are faithful. In Jesus' name, amen. Take a right turn to walk this way. Let's walk this way. Amen. 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 Let's give him a hand. Come on now.